Welcome to episode number 132 here on LFA TV. This is Rise Up. I am the host of your show today, well, and every day. Jeremy Harrell, thank you for being here. And we know we have some new names in the live chat thread. So let me give some shout outs to Miranda Dolan for being here in church this morning. Race Mom, Katie, 
KC2022, Hemlock. Welcome to everybody who watches Julie Green's ministries. We respect her so very much. Thank you for coming over this morning right after her show to watch this one. Heather, how you doing? Barbara Peters. Serby is in the building. Meldy, 1958. God is worthy. Yes, he is. Michael W. Smith. Love his praise music. That's actually Chris Tomlin. Um, I'm just saying that's Chris. If everybody wanted to know, that song is uh, Is He Worthy by Chris Tomlin. Thank you, Freedom Express Media, for being a monthly rumble ranter. We appreciate that. That goes to help Eli be employed. Um, I've rumbled and shared, says Kitten. God bless you for sharing on all those platforms. Wow, what a trooper you are. Um, Hobby Man says, believe in Jesus. There's nothing else to believe in. That's, a, that's good advice. Uh, he first loved me. I get to watch an entire hour tomorrow, says Chabs. Joanne from Oregon is here. Bring tears, he is, says Anne. Amen. And one more. How about Twanity? And in God's hands. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, the, um, the person in here in God's hands, they're relatively new to rise up and uh, becoming a big fan of, of this Godcast. And I'm so incredible. It is incredible. And I feel incredible to be able to be uh, the one that God uses to sit in this chair and uh, spread his message. So please help me spread and share the gospel, not gossip, here on this Rise Up episode number 132. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's get busy on this show that I've titled, Sometimes God Says No. And it's just that simple. Sometimes God's answer is no. We got a lot to talk about that today. Videos to show, stories to tell. Rise up gets crazy. You guys know that. But crazy in a good way. So let's remove your hats if you're wearing one. Let's give honor and respect to the Lord. In Jesus' name, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, what a wonderful father you are. Most of us didn't have fathers growing up, earthly fathers. And a lot of us grew up in broken homes, but you were always our father. You were always there setting an example, even when we didn't see it or acknowledge it. You loved us before we were even created and formed in our mother's womb. You knew us. You plucked our souls from heaven and gave us earthly bodies for a reason. Not by accident and not just for fun. Lord, help us today find out what that reason is if we don't already know. There's so many people who don't. Our names are powerful. We've talked about that before. You gave us bodies. You waited on our parents' heart to name us a specific name that lines up exactly with who we are and why we're here. And for that, we thank you. And we also thank you, Lord, for telling us no sometimes. You know all. You have been in our past. You are in our present. And you've been in our future. Sometimes the no is for our own good. We thank you for that. And we ask that you be present during this Godcast today and help us share far and wide and bring more and new souls into the show. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is he worthy? I think he is. I think he is, folks. Let's have our first slurp of coffee here. Hemlock says he loves us whether we like it or not. Yes, you, yes, he does. Osborne says, Jeremy, our church is working on Bible assembly. Says 100,000 goal, 20,000 done the first day. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to send us some Bibles, next week we are going to sit down and we are going to uh, send out 50 or 60 Bibles that have been requested over the last few weeks. Uh, we're sorry we've been so busy. We've not been able to sit down and actually get to them, but we will. And if you want a Bible, and if you want it signed on the inside, like some kind of, uh, you know, uh, a message from, from me or from anybody here, we'll, we'll do that. Um, if it's just a message to the person that you're getting the Bible for, we will do that. And we'll get them out to you next week. And if you want to send us Bibles, because we supply so many people with Bibles as well, then you can always send them to us to our P.O. Box, which you can see every day on the lower ticker on the LFA Live from America show, okay? 
Jesus was raised in the blended family. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. It is not my church, but the Methodist church here in my town is breaking away from the big one because of the big one that says they prioritize LGBT plus proud of them. Yeah. um, Thousands, thousands of churches have broke, have broken away from the Methodist church in the last month, ladies and gentlemen, in the last month, thousands. Churches are finally starting to stand up. Churches are finally starting to realize that they're overlords of the, of the hierarchy of the church has nothing to do with what they're actually meant to do in their church. Churches are waking up, and that is what we've needed them to do for far too long, and I'm glad it's finally starting to happen. We need to get rid of the denominational names and just be the church of the body of Christ. That's it. That's it. No more rules outside of what Jesus set. Don't add to them. Don't take away. Praise and worship Jesus. That is your only job. You don't need to be 501c3 tax status. You don't need to be given, you know, some kind of authority or some kind of, uh, you know, appreciation from above. I mean, from a higher uh, position in, in, in church or from the people that started it all and the, the main people of the Methodist church. You don't have to do any of that. It's time to just praise Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. I go to the church of Christ. Great. One of our Lutheran churches has a gay pastor now too. Sad. Yeah, a lot of churches are going woke. But you want to know something? Do you want to know who God is going to judge first when Jesus comes back? It will be the church. They will be judged first. Period. And that's it. And we pray for those people. We also pray for the flag-waving LGBTQ proud people as well. We pray that they see Jesus. I would rather that I would rather have them uh, come to the kingdom of heaven than go to hell. I really really would. Incredible. I want to um, I want to start the day out today, if I may, by just telling you how amazed I am by what God does in my life. And for those of you who are new to this show, this is not a prophecy show. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a priest. I'm not a father. I'm not anything. I'm a child of God who loves the gospel. And this is my personal journey with Jesus that God wanted me to make public. That's what we do here. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we laugh. A lot of the times we cry, actually. A lot of the times we're convicted. A lot of the times you'll see me convicted right here. I'm no, For the new people, I'm no better than you at all. In any way, shape, or form, I'm worse than you. But it's not me that you're watching when you watch Rise Up. It's the Holy Spirit. Because I lean on the Holy Spirit to give me a message to give to you. That's it. That's all and nothing else. Nothing more, nothing less. And a lot of people who have been here know how I used to choose the verse of the day compared to how I choose it now. And how I choose it now is not by my own, free, by my own will. It's God giving me the verse of the day. But then what happens after that is absolutely amazing. When I get into these devotional books, which I used to read prior to doing the verse of the day, which helped me pick the verse of the day, relying on myself to pick the verse of the day, that's how the process used to go. Then I gave it over to God to give me the verse of the day. Then I started going into the books after and, and the similarities between the messages that God gave me to, to give to you and what's in these books afterwards blew my mind and it happened again today. It happens a lot of days. So I titled today's show, Sometimes God Says No. And I did not pull that from a specific verse. If you signed up for our newsletter on jeremyharrell.com, then you'll realize that the verse of the day today did not come from a verse strictly from the Bible. It came from many verses put together. So I titled it, Sometimes God Says No, which he does. Let me read for you what today's one-minute prayer for dads says when I opened up to it. (laughs) Page 164. Right over here, uh, right over here, says, when you have to say no. Wow. Matthew 26, 39. Going a little farther, Jesus fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, 
but as you will. Did God grant that prayer? Did God bless that prayer and give Jesus what his will was? In one of the most saddened times that I read of Jesus' life, when he sweat drops of blood and tears were coming out of his eyes, and he asked his father, please don't do this. Please let this cup pass from me. I can't do this, Lord. And God said no. God said no to his only begotten son. It's a hard, hard, hard thing to read. It's a hard thing to see when it's portrayed on, on film. God said no. Jesus prayed for his father to let the cup of suffering pass from him. But it was not to be. God's plan for our redemption necessitated the agony of the cross. Saying no to our kids when we know that no is the right answer, is the right thing to do, no matter how much they plead with us to reverse our decision. Make sure you say yes often, but never be sorry for a well-thought no. Lord, I remember how Jesus prayed to you. His father asking if the cup awaiting him might be passed over. But you had to say no, so scripture might be fulfilled. And that Christ might die for our sins. It was your will to not grant a yes to his prayer from your beloved son. Sometimes my kids beg me for something that I truly want them to have. But I have to say no because I realize it's not the best for them. Lord, I pray you will give me discernment concerning my yeses and my noes. And I even pray for more yeses and fewer noes. But most of all, I pray, not as I will, but as you will, in all that I decide for my children. The verse of the day today that I put out there, actually, said something very, 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 very similar to that, which blew my mind when I read that this morning and actually made me tear up pretty heavy because going back to that ultimate no, when Jesus said, please, God, please take this from me. And he said, no, son, I can't. I can't because I love who you're dying for more than my love to keep you off that cross. Jesus said, why have you, why have you forsaken me, Lord? When Jesus became sin, God turned his face from his only son so that he could save us. His answer to Jesus of no made it possible for you to once again have salvation. His answer to his only son, no, knowing that he was going to be scourged and beaten and bruised and spit on and mocked and his flesh ripped from his bones, he said no so that the people that even died before Jesus was born, the prophets, the Noahs, the Moseses, the Elishas, could go to heaven. That blows my mind. When you really, really, really think about that, not in a far-off, once-upon-a-time story, and you think about the reality of what happened there, could any of you say no to your son when your son was facing a brutal, savage, torturous beating 
and a murder of something that he was not guilty of. And he said to you, who has all the power in the world to make it so that he doesn't have to go through that. And you say no, because we must save everyone else. T. Mitchell says, be an Isaac, not an Ishmael. Correct. You were an Ishmael, you'd be a Muslim. So be an Isaac. Like I said, folks, I did not read the one-minute prayer for dads before I put out today's verse of the day in the newsletter on JeremyHerald.com that you can sign up for for free today. So when I read this this morning after the verse or after the newsletter, I immediately started crying. Of course, I'm a sap anyway. So now I want to go read you the newsletter in the morning uh, verse, just in case you've not signed up yet for it, okay? And again, sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says wait as well. I said, good morning, everybody. How hopeful are you? How hopeful are you? On a scale from 1 to 10, I want you to tell me the truth in the comment section, in the live comment section. On a scale from 1 to 10, where would you say that you place your hope in God to make good on his promises, to answer your prayers on this nation? How hopeful are you? Seeing all the bad, seeing all the evil, seeing the culture wars where they are, seeing the attack on our children. I want to know how hopeful are you that God is going to save this nation while you're still alive on this planet? I see tens, I see sevens, I see fives, I see tens, I see elevens, I see eights, I see fours, but mostly I see tens in the chat. Now, I'm not saying how hopeful are you that God will come through on his promises overall. I'm saying how hopeful are you in the fact that God will deliver us from the evil in this nation while we are still on this earth. Susie, yes, I want you to be honest. 100%. CQ, you hit the nail on the head right there. With God, all things are possible. And because of that promise of God that with him all things are possible, my answer is a 10. Because of what CQ just said right there. Philippians 4.13 and many other verses tell us about this. And because of that alone, I'm a 10. Every bit of my Holy Spirit tells me that it's true. My hope is a 10. We must remember that sometimes God says no, and it's necessary for us to get, to get the no, to get to the next step. But in the end, God promises to deliver us from evil. For all you newbies, you're really going to love this one. I asked God to take away my habits. God said no. It is not for me to take away, but for you to give up. I asked God to make my handicapped child whole. Some of you out there, you have children who are handicapped. God said no. His spirit is whole. His body is only temporary. I asked God to grant me patience. God said no. Patience is a byproduct of tribulations. It isn't granted. It is learned. I asked God to give me happiness. God said no. I give you blessings. Happiness is up to you. I asked God to spare me pain. God said no. Suffering draws you apart from worldly cares and brings you closer to me. I ask God to make my spirit grow. God said no. You must grow on your own, but I will prune you to make you fruitful. 
I ask for God. I ask God for all things that I might enjoy life. God says, no, I will give you life so that you can enjoy all things. Then I ask God to help me love others as much as he loves me. And God said, ah, yes, finally you have the right idea. This day is yours. Don't throw it away. I've thrown away so many days in the last few weeks. My kids ask me all the time for stuff that I have to say, no, not this time. I would love to give my kids everything they want. My wife knows this. I spoil the crap out of our children far too much sometimes. However, if their heart's desires are not in the right place, I can't grant everything that they want. It's my duty as their parent to look out for what is best for them based on my knowledge and my wisdom. Nine times out of ten, they will not understand why I said no. And they'll be upset. But I would rather have them upset at me for protecting them than for them to be happy with me for letting them go do whatever it is they wanted to do and they end up dead or hurt or in jail. Sometimes our father just has to say no. And we thank God for this kind of parenting. To all of us, whether we are young or old, and we humble ourselves before his authority with no questions asked. In Jesus' name, amen. God wants you to accept what he gives you, but he wants you to put in the work to meet him halfway. Grammy Love says, wow, so powerful. My sister and brother, brothers in Christ are right here, LFA. Jeremy, could you put that in a newsletter so I can print it? That's what I read it from, was the newsletter. So if you have signed up for my newsletter, it should sent to your should have been sent to your email. Sometimes God says no. Wow. And it's okay. If God had not said no when Jesus asked him the most difficult question of all, there's no way we could be saved. How many of you know parents out there that give their kids everything they want and say yes to them at every turn but also try to buy their love with money. How many of you know that somebody like that? I know so many parents, even parents in my own little family, who think that if they buy their kids whatever they want, that's love. That's love. I love you, I bought you a PlayStation. I love you, I bought you a bike. I love you, I bought you a car. That shows my love for you. No, it doesn't. A 15-minute walk with them talking about their favorite color and what's going on in their life as far more love than you buying them a car. My father was that kind of a father. My father was the father that said, hey, if I send my son $100 every month but don't see him for the first 13 years of his life, I'll love him. My father thought that by sending me money when I was in prison so I could buy some ramen noodles and some rolled up cigarettes was love but wouldn't answer 52 letters that I sent him 
asking for a response. 52 letters I sent my dad. And they went from two pages to a page and a half to a page to three quarters of a page to a half a page to just one sentence on the last letter where I said, can you just send me back a letter and say, I got your letter. You don't have to say anything other than that, but just send me a letter saying, son, I got your letter. I love you. Goodbye. I couldn't even get that. But boy, I got $100 on my books, though, didn't I? Fifty-two letters. Never forget that number. So I decided I would never be that kind of a dad. Ever. But I've forgiven my dad. Love him with all my heart. But I know you guys know people like that. I know you do. Those are not good parents. God doesn't buy us off. God doesn't say yes to everything we want. He says no because he loves us and he's protecting us. To get to the next book, um, the Bible promise book for mornings and evenings. Just reading your comments. Thank you all. I appreciate you guys so much. Didn't realize we were going to talk about that part. (laughs) Uh, Twanity, thank you for the $100 donation. Look how far you've come and all those you now help. Let's talk about spiritual growth because somebody mentioned that and it's right here in the book. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting for the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious Bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. And, it, and we only get there by understanding that we have to be told no. We have to be told no. Colossians 3.10 You've now become a new person. And are always learning more about Christ. You are being made more like Christ. He is the one who made you. He's the one who made you and he's the one who saved you. Most dads would never even come close to stacking up to that. No one likes to hear negative comments. Or being told no, right? Whether they are true or not, it takes a special person to seek criticism and suggestions for improvement. The Bible says that we should be humble and always try to improve ourselves. Amen. Oh Lord, help me to be open to the comments of others. Let me face my shortcomings with dignity and open-mindedness. Amen. Do you know that we do that every day here on Rise Up? I would say this. I would say on Rise Up, 
we look for more ways to convict ourselves of what we've done wrong so that we can be better than any other show I've ever seen that has anything to do with the gospel. Most shows are prophetical. Most shows are, you know, um, talking about, you know, digging into scripture and really breaking down word for word and for word like you should do in a, in a good Bible-based church. This isn't that. This is not a show like that. This is more about spiritual growth and admission and transparency and conviction and realization and love and helping each other. It's just that, that's, that's what this show is all about. We literally go out of our way to look for ways to make ourselves better in the eyes of God and not care about what people think. Please share and like the video, folks, if you have not. And for you newcomers, God bless you and thank you for being here. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to read for you something that I, sh- I saved that I thought was pretty incredible. And this is comparing the modern day Jesus to the biblical Jesus. Okay? Modern Jesus. I should not say comparing. I should say showing the contrast between the biblical Jesus that we aim to be like every day in contrast with the modern day Jesus that people think. Here's modern day Jesus. Preaches only on love. Biblical Jesus preaches God's righteousness. It's a difference. Modern day Jesus gives you wealth and health. Biblical Jesus gives you salvation, hope, peace, and joy. Modern Jesus. And and, and they have Jesus in quotes in modern Jesus because obviously there's only one Jesus and that's the biblical Jesus but when we're saying modern Jesus we're talking about people's perception of it modern Jesus never says anything negative biblical Jesus warns of sin judgment and hell Lala, I actually got it from your Instagram. Lala says, I posted that yesterday. Lala, I got it from your Instagram. <laughs> I'm literally on your Instagram here. How incredible is that? Thank you for this. Modern day Jesus, love and accepted by the world. Biblical Jesus, hated and despised by the world. Modern day Jesus, serves your will, not God's will. Biblical Jesus exalts God, the Father's will. And we know that by the question that God asked him. Please let this cup be taken from me and passed to another. God said no. So he went to the Father's will, obviously. Modern day Jesus hates to offend you or others. How many times have I been to, Eli, you know this. How many times have I I've been called a, oh, so you think you're a Christian because I offended somebody on purpose? Oh, you're, you're not a real Christian. Well, biblical Jesus offends the world with the truth. Offends the world with the truth. Sounds like this show is more biblical Jesus than modern day Jesus. And while I don't have a problem with him like most people do, Joel Osteen, modern day Jesus. So I guess I should have a problem with him as much as other people do. I don't go around telling people they should or shouldn't preach. I don't go around trying to find who's a false prophet and who's not. You want to know why? Because I can smell a false prophet. I can, I can smell worldly doctrine a mile away, and I just don't make any part of it. I don't go around saying, that person's not a Christian. That person's not a Christian. I don't go around saying, false teacher, false prophet. It's not my job to identify and expose those people. It's my job to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying it's not a Christian's job to expose those evil people and those false prophets. It is not my job to do that. 
It's not what God has me doing. Yes, I will send that to Eli so he can post it on the Facebook family page. Yes, I'll do that. Yep, and I'll post it on Instagram as well. A lot of modern-day Jesus preaching out there, though, isn't there? A lot of wokeness, too. That's even the next step beyond modern day. Kelly Kelly Lynn says, I need a Bible. I only have a Catholic Bible. Well, you definitely need a Bible then. Go to jeremyherald.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. You'll see where you can actually request a free Bible free of charge. No, we even pay the shipping and handling out of the Slurp Fund for that. And like I said, next week we're going to send out a whole bunch that we've been piling up. We just haven't had a chance to get to them. So if you have requested a Bible in the last month and a half and you haven't gotten one yet, just be patient. We'll get it there, okay? But you can go request one and we'll get it to you. And we'll get you a good one too. Bush Lat says, Jeremy, which version do you use? Well, now I only use the King James version. Now I only use the King James or the new King James if I have a hard time understanding, like, the way it was written in the, in, in, in the old King James. Because after finding out that all those other Bibles took out some very important instructions, like the NIV and the, and the NS, NFT and all the, I said, you know what, I can't, I cannot in good faith continue to read these Bibles, even though people say they're still good. But when you take out the how, or the very, very, very most important part of a sentence in a verse, I can't get back, I can't back, I can't, I, I, I can't continue to read that gospel. I, ju- I, I just can't. What's the difference between the Catholic Bible and the regular Bible, Rosa says? Well, the Catholic Bible has a lot of the Catholic doctrine and rules in it that are nowhere in the Bible. As a matter of fact, They probably have more rules and regulations in the Catholic Bible than they do actual biblical word. I've seen some that are pretty rough. What's that, hon? Oh, she's not talking to me. Do you have any New King James Version Bibles? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Do you have large print Bibles? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Do you know how you know what you're reading is right or not? Relying on the Holy Spirit. You know many times somebody told me, way before I even knew any scriptures by heart, how many times somebody told me, you just quoted scripture. And I say, oh, I did? <laughs> oh, oh, I did? Yeah, you just quoted scripture. It's because I rely on the Holy Spirit when I'm, reading the, when I'm reading the gospel. And the Holy Spirit will tell me if something is not right or if something is, 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 is hitting the target or not. You can just feel it. Annette said some translations have easier ways to understand a verse. Get a strong concordance too. I agree. But be very careful with your versions nowadays. And all you have to do is compare Matthew 17, 21. Go find Matthew 17, 21 in, a normal, in, a, in an NIV or, or an EST or any of those or, or a New American translation or anything like that. You're not going to find it. It goes from 20 to 22. 21 is like a very important part of the, <laughs> of the verse. It is the verse. And I see you guys... Um, saying that you're requesting Bibles in the comment section, that's not going to get you a Bible. We actually have to go through the process and go to jeremyherald.com and we'll get them out to you, we promise, okay? Um, Katie says, I was upset seeing all those verses that were left out. Oh, and there's far more. There's far more. Is cross-reference wrong? No, cross-referencing is exactly what you should be doing. Are you talking about cross-referencing Bibles? We should, not only should we be cross-referencing Bibles, we should also be cross-referencing Scripture. We should back up New Testament Scripture with Old Testament prophecy. You have to. They're two, they're two incomplete books without each other. A lot of people go, so we're not under the Old Testament no more? I heard that's the Torah. That's why they call Jews in, um, incomplete. 
Whose birthday is it today? Somebody's birthday today. Is that Patriot Johnson's birthday today? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Patriot. Happy birthday to you. God Chick says, I'm feeling very stressed lately, so please include me in your, tr- in your prayers. Not myself lately. Here's what you do. Ready, God Chick? I don't know how well you're, you are with technology. Download. Yeah, the McCarthy stu- Study Bible is great. Download a Bible app that gives you access to all different kind of versions of the Bible. Pick the Bible version that you want to listen to. Put in your earbuds and listen to the Gospels. Just listen to them. Don't try to do anything else. Go outside, take a walk, do some yard work, put your earbuds in or your headphones, and just listen to the Gospel. Don't read it. Listen to it. And be attentive. And God will bring you back to yourself like that. Trust me. Okay? We've got 1,310 people watching Unbelievable. How many? How are we doing with rumbles? Let's see here. Everybody refresh their video and, and tell me what you see. I see 435 rumbles. Eli said he sees 450. See, that's why you got to refresh because you'll get a, a skewed number if you don't. I want to read from God Moments for Men. Okay? God Moments for Men. 2 Timothy 1.7, discipline. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1.7. So I see, I'm seeing everybody's rumbles. You're very, everybody's very close, but it looks like some people have different numbers there. Discipline is a big battle for me. I'm not disciplined enough in my diet. My constant procrastinating on getting things done is definitely a lack of discipline. If I were more disciplined, I'd stick to things a little longer and see a reward for doing so. But so often I give up because I just don't like to do pain. Pain is a four-letter word. Being disciplined requires consistency. Another thing I struggle with. It seems that inconsistency is one of the few constants in my life. This is not me saying this. I'm very consistent. Uh, This is the book I'm reading. Being disciplined means putting in more effort so that you can get where you're going. When I fail to stay the course and put it in the hard and put in the hard work, I'm often filled with regret that eventually eats at me because I know that had I stayed true to what I was aiming for, I would have hit the mark, maybe even the bullseye. Folks, I always tell my children, my children are all um, honor roll students, every one of them. Uh, Maybe one or two falter here and there. But for the most part, they're doing level of academia that's far ahead of where they are in their grades. And three of my children are on the honor roll consistently. Um, and the other one, and the other one uh, my oldest uh, son, he's doing well now too, better now than he's ever done. Okay, And he's got a job, four hours a day. So my kids are doing absolutely amazing. And I always ask them, like, how do they do so good at school? Because I was terrible at school. But then I realized I wasn't terrible at school because I was an idiot or because I was stupid or because, oh, I was terrible at school because I was lazy. I could have gotten straight A's in school had I just applied myself a little bit more. But I thought it'd be better to hang out with people, play sports, smoke pot, do drugs, drink, have fun, have sex. You know, whatever it was, and then come to school the next day and just look at the book, look at the, what my homework was and fill it out as quick as I can or copy from somebody else. But nine times out of 10, I knew the answers to everything because it was easy. It was simple. School was easy. But I decided, no, I didn't want that. I wanted to do earthly things. My children are opposite. Yes, they still want to do earthly things, but yet their academics are through the roof. And I love that. I'd love that. Oh, thank you, Rosa. God bless you. Everybody, Rosa just donated $250 through, through the live chat. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And by the way, what funds the Slurp Fund is only Rumble Rants. And we've already sent out $45,000 worth of Rumble Rant money to help people this year. We're already on track to absolutely destroy last year's record of $75,000. 
your home life probably contributed to that ego set ego fight said yeah but i don't want to see one thing that i did when i went to prison is that I blamed my mother and my father for years, for decades, for two decades. I blamed my mom and my dad for me going to prison. My mom and dad didn't grab me in the middle of the night and say, go break into those houses and do those drugs. I did that. Somewhere along the line, we do have to take responsibility. And yes, while our childhood and our adolescent years define who we are, it is ultimately up to us when we become adults to choose to sin or not to sin. And it was my fault. Nobody put me in jail but me. So while I like to say, yeah, it was some part of the blame, I still did what I did. And I had taken ownership for that a long time ago. And that's why I'm writing a book right now called, well, I'm not currently actively writing it, but we're setting up the stages to write the book, Jesus Was My Cellmate. Because I want to explain to people that while I went through all that stuff, Jesus was right there like that song with Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. There was Jesus in the waiting, in the hurting, in the healing, and, or in the waiting and the searching, in the healing and the hurting. There was Jesus. In the mountains and the valleys, there was Jesus. Rising from the ashes, there was Jesus. He's always there. He's always been there. He's here now. What's up, brother? <laughs> You know, I get a lot of people, not so much more any, any, any today, but back in the day, I got a lot of people that would say to me, you know, I would tell people like, I would talk about scripture, God, and then I would tell people, and then I would say, oh, and when I was in prison, and then people would send me a message and say, how can you call yourself a Christian if you spent time in prison? And I'm like, what? What? I, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you know a, a guy by the name of Paul, formerly of Saul of Tarsus? Like What? But believe it or not, I still get people today that says, who are you to lecture us when you spent four years in prison? I'm like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) It's crazy. It really is. But I have no problem with telling you what my life is all about. Everybody knows I'm about as open book, as open as you can get. If I fart wrong, I'm going to tell you about it. I can tell you that. And I don't care. It doesn't, I'm not trying to please or displease or trying to make you like me or not like me. Or I'm not trying, all I'm doing is just telling you about my life. Nobody's life is perfect. Mine's far from it. It'll never even be close. But with Jesus, I kind of get that. Jesus is my cheat code, (laughs) right? Jesus is my cheat code. Jeremy, it seems like Larry Reha needs some friendship and love. Maybe you could talk with him. I know he does. I've tried to talk with him, like, not personally, but through here many times. Here's what I would suggest. So many of you watch this show in Live from America. All of you, there's so many of you that are in the same state. Maybe find out what state Larry's in. Maybe, maybe, just maybe there's one of you not too far from him. You guys could have a coffee date together and speak in the Lord's name. Maybe, just maybe. We can take it upon ourselves to help each other outside of digitally. Maybe, just maybe. I'd like to play a video for you. Now, this has nothing to do with really um, what we've been talking about today. It's more to do with the LGBTQ community. Uh, but I wanted to play this today because, because I, uh, I saw it this morning and I thought it was, you know, it has, we're in this culture war for our children right now. And the LGBTQ alphabet mafia is literally at war for our children. Don't tell us about that, Jeremy. Freedom Express Media. Not sure what you're talking about. Don't tell you about what. Said a lot. I don't know where you are in the video. That's why I'm wondering. Uh, Put this side by side here. Let's go ahead and play it. The rainbow flag. The rainbow colored pride flag was created by the late Gilbert Barker to represent the gay community in 1978. The irony of this flag is painful. As most know, in Genesis 6, we learn that God slaughtered humanity with the flood for their pride, the very same pride that we see in the LGBTQ community. God's ammunition was rain, and his weapon was his bow, the rainbow. In God's mercy, he laid down his weapon in the sky as a promise to never flood the earth again. But now the LGBTQ community taunts God by boasting of their pride while waving a picture of the very weapon God used to annihilate man's pride. It's possibly the greatest cultural abomination in modern history. 
But the Bible also tells us, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. God is a God of justice. Any person who believes they can boast in their sin will soon face the God who condemns sinners. Pray for the pride flag waving people of this world. For outside of Christ, we are all fools. Humanity's only hope is to lay down our pride at the cross of Jesus Christ. I could not agree more. So somebody asked my mom yesterday, what, why your son has such a problem with the pride flag hanging? What is that flag bothering him in any way for those people to be represented? That's why right there. You think I give a hoot about a wrong colored rainbow flag hanging and floating in the wind about people's sexual desires and preferences in the disgusting parts of their bedroom? No, I could care less. It was when you took it after our children that made us start caring. And the LGBTQ community, the trans community, maybe that's the T in it, I don't care. I have no idea. I don't care about the letters, and I don't care about the alphabet mafia. They are Satan's demonic warriors sent out to destroy nations and communities and homes and families. And you're not going to bring that anywhere near my family. And I will die trying to eradicate your agenda. Now, you can still have sex with men and women and dogs and cats and birds and trees, and I don't care what you are. You could be a cat, a dog. You could crap in a litter box for all I care. But you're not going to go after our children with it and brainwash them so that thousands and thousands of percents of increase of people just think they're gay or non-gender or whatever. Like I said yesterday, children, young children, when they hear you talking negatively about the queer losers communities, you know what they do? They think you should be in jail, folks. They don't think that that's, they think that's hate speech and hate speech is a hate crime. That's how stupid they are. That's how brainwashed our youth is. And yes, I'm saying stupid because that's a stupid way to think. Now we can train them not to be stupid. That's what I'm doing. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this episode 132 here on Rise Up on LFA TV. LFA TV is going to continue. With the great Sean Farish and Ungoverned coming up next, followed by yours truly with Live from America. So thank you all for being here. I appreciate you. And I'm going to bring you out the same way I brought you with some beautiful Is He Worthy music. God bless you, and uh, see you on Sean's show next. Have a great day. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Do you wish that you could see Is it good?